1: Welcome back to the Officially Unofficial Podcast presented by Blue Wire Networks. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We're joined with a very special guest, fresh off of clinching the NLE's title. It's my pleasure to welcome Bryce Elder to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. What's up, brother? How you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me.
1: I Listen, man, I was fired up to get you on. Obviously, you guys just clinched the NLE, so I guess we could start going into that right now. Are you still banged up from that night? Like, did the boys get after it? Because you being a starting pitcher, right? I mean, you could, like you had no responsibilities the day after that. So are you still a little bit banged up or how are you feeling?
2: No, I'm good today. I'm good today. I mean, yeah, we, we had a good time. It was fun. Um, But yeah, all, all ready to go again today. <laughs> and going into that party and
1: stuff like that. Cause obviously like the videos were, I think on Twitter and all that type of stuff. And it's kind of, it, it, yeah, it's kind of weird. I think you guys were opposed opposing team there. Right. So it's kind of tough. Like you're not in your home stadium. You're not in your home clubhouse, stuff like that. What was the atmosphere like? Like, did, the, were, did a lot of the guys get after it, or was it just like the job's not finished, Kobe mentality? How, how did that – like, what was that approach?
2: I mean, everybody enjoyed it, um, but I think at the same time, especially with, with what the guys did last year, everybody kind of knew, like, yeah, this is a big deal. Um, we're going to enjoy it and have fun. But at the same time, like, we got however many more games to win, you know. So, I think people did enjoy it, but we know that there's there, there's a job to be done still.
1: Who was, uh, who was who's one guy in that Braves clubhouse who either got after it or one guy who's just electric to have a couple beers with?
2: Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if one really stands out. I mean, I, I've been lucky on this team that, like, all the guys are just really good guys. Um, there's not one guy that it's, like, hard to be around. Everybody's just good old boy down to earth, and they just like to win baseball games and have a good time.
1: Okay. So there's not really one specific guy, but I'm assuming like our boy Matic over there is a good time. I don't know if you guys like, did you guys happen to see the tweet that he did to Sal, whatever his name is about the uh, NL East?
2: Yeah, I did. I did see that.
0: What was the the reception like?
1: What was the reception like? Like, did all the boys laugh about that in the locker room or like, because obviously it's a tweet that just broke the internet. So it was electric. So how did like, what was the reception like after that tweet?
2: So I didn't even see it until like late last night. So I wasn't I, I don't get on Twitter much, so I didn't even see it or hear about it because he may have talked with it with the bullpen. But I was I did I didn't I wasn't down there yesterday, so I didn't see it or hear he was doing it. I just saw it late last night, so I'm not real sure on that one.
1: So and going into the Mets fans, obviously you being a Braves guy, are they as ruthless as they have been to me in the Strider podcast? So, Paul, so we had Strider on a month and a half ago. Or whatever it was, and we're his last tweet on Twitter. So when he had that comment about the Mets, all the Mets fans were just tweeting at me, like pretty much saying "fuck you," all this type of shit. What, what, what's your social media been like with the reception from like Mets fans or other, so, like other teams fans and stuff like that? Have you been getting like have teams been chirping you a little bit or what?
2: Um, yes and no. I think the stuff Strider said or whatever, and then because he had been throwing well against them. I think that's kind of what that came from. But, no, it hadn't been too bad for me. I've only thrown, I guess, against the Nationals and the Marlins just over and over, back and forth again. <laughs> um, but, so, really, it, it hadn't been too bad.
1: Yeah, I can respect that. And and speaking about being a Braves player and all that type of stuff, I got to talk about, like, just the electricity of guys coming out of the bullpen of the stadium just going dark black and the phone just coming out. I've never been to, I've never been to this, like, a Braves home game and stuff like that. How electric is it to be a part of that? Like be in the in the dugout on the field or whatever, and just seeing that stadium just go pitch black and just a shit ton of phones coming out.
2: So actually I didn't know that the stadium did that until like it was like I'd been I think earlier in the year I was I was up for like a right around a month, maybe just a little less. And it took me like I want to say like two and a half, three weeks to even figure that out because when I debuted, I didn't – I they didn't – I didn't see a, cha- a pitching change from them in the middle of an inning. And okay. so I didn't know that that happened. And then one night they went to change pitchers and all the lights went off and everybody grabbed their phones and everybody started doing the chop and everything. And, like, seeing that, I was like, wow, this is sick. And then the other night versus the Mets, like, when the whole stadium's full and everybody's doing it and it gets loud in there, it's, it's really cool.
1: It, it's crazy. I, I... – and we were talking about that, like, I was talking about that with my buddies, and it's like, there's no other really team in baseball that does that type of shit, like, that has just these certain, like, fan tactics, like the Braves chop, or, like, the phones coming out when bullpen change and stuff like that. What's the best atmosphere you've seen so far? Was it the Mets series last weekend? Because it, it looked like there wasn't one seat empty in that entire stadium.
2: Yeah, that was by far the best I've seen. I don't know. Obviously, I hadn't been to a playoffs or anything, but. I know that that's the closest thing to the playoffs I've seen and probably will see other than the playoffs. So, and some of the guys that talked about it too, just like every night, which it helped. It was on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, you know, so everybody could come out. Um, but it was loud and the place was full and it was, they were on go from first inning to the ninth inning. So it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And I, I, let's talk about that September you had, man. I mean, Obviously, kind of a weird situation. You're like bouncing back and forth from like AAA to the show, and you come into September for the Braves and post a .44 ERA. Is that good, by the way, listeners? Is that good? What was that month like for you? Was that month kind of like the most comfortable you felt um, in a big on a big league mound? Because I mean, these numbers are absolutely odd. Twenty innings pitched, then one fucking earned run. Are you kidding me? Like, what what was going right for you there? Was it the mindset? What was it?
2: So, um, coming back up from AAA. I- I came up against the Mets in a double header um, in New York and came out of the pen, which is a completely different animal. I never knew that like, like adrenaline as a starter is like great and all, but like when you come out of the pen, it was, the adrenaline was unlike I'd ever seen. But back to the September, uh, I was up in for that doubleheader and then went back down and then got called back up about a week and a half later. And um, I don't know how to, I had a good outing in miami um kind of the first start back up and i kind of just kind of felt comfortable with my stuff and kind of how i felt on the mound um and then just kind of rode with it i mean kind of kept doing the same thing and just kind of had continued to have success
1: yeah it's just these numbers are crazy and that that obviously that like your coming out party like becoming like kind of like a household name in baseball was that game against the Washington nationals. You go nine innings, complete game, six hits, no one runs one walk and six punches. Was that, can you success? Can you genuinely say that was the best game you've pitched so far in your entire career, minor leagues, big leagues, any of that stuff?
2: Uh, Yeah, probably. So I always, even like back to college, I always got to the ninth, but I could never finish the game. And so like, I'd always like wondered like, Will I throw a complete game? Like I thought I would, you know, like, well, I'm gonna do it one day, but like I didn't, you know, you don't really know till you do it. Um, but yeah, that's probably the best game I've ever pitched,
1: and you can be honest, like after that game, were you kind of like, all right, I'm kind of a dog here. Like was that kind of like you realizing you have a place to stay and bit in the major leagues? Like did that kind of help you be like, all right, like i I deserve to be here or like I'm worthy of playing a bit like on a big league team?
0: I
2: mean, Obviously, that allows me to see, like, all right, I can I can really have success at this level. But as far as, like, like thinking here to stay and everything, I mean, I think that that nothing good comes out of me thinking like that. So, no, I don't really think that. I just kind of think, you know, like, all right, I can do it at this level. I just got to continue to work and continue to get better and hopefully uh, do it again. Nobody's ever had a ton of success off of one outing. So, just going to try to do it over and over again.
1: Yeah, that's true. Who's one guy on the Atlanta Braves that you play alongside that just like amazes you with every like the way he goes about his business or the way he plays on the field? I think Strider said it was Austin Riley. Who's your guy that just like me- mesmerizes you every single time you watch him play?
2: Um Austin's good. I like Dansby too. He goes he goes about things the right way. He everyday comes in the same exact way win, lose, draw, whatever. Plays hard, plays the right way and he's he's a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, he's, Dansby is something. And one other thing I said, I think I said to Strider too about Dansby is I just hate him because one, he's unbelievably good looking and two, he's just disgusting at baseball. Like he's just an absolute freak of nature. So some guys just have it all. But what, going back into Strider and stuff like that, seeing the amount of work this guy puts into working out and like just his body and stuff like that, have you learned anything or like have you mimicked stuff that he does? Or are you just like, this is, this is just works for him. I, I It's hard to mimic what he's doing.
2: So I, I saw him kind of from the start of the minor leagues. Um, I wasn't in the, at the all site with him during COVID, but I met him later on that year at Instructs and, or like a mini Instructs. And then I was kind of with him all year last year off and on. I was with him at Rome for a little bit, then in Mississippi for about a month and a half. And then at the end of the year last year before he got called up. And, um, and we lived together in the spring, spring training last year. So I was around him a bunch and, um, he was kind of the first guy that I saw that the way he did stuff as far as like working out and everything. It was like, one, it was very different, but two, it was like, I thought I put time into stuff and understood what I was doing. This guy, he, I mean, the stuff he does on a daily basis is unbelievable. Like the time he gets to the field, he starts working and when he stops working, he leaves. And that's usually after the game, you know? So (laughs) He just is so locked in, and he's on top of what he's doing so much that it's it's impressive. It's it's no secret why he's having success. Um, the guy gets after it, and it's the stuff he does is unbelievable.
1: It's just uh, he doesn't make sense. Like just how smooth he throws a hundred miles an hour. It just looks like the most effortless thing of all time. And you, was he always like this? Because he said he kind of got good a little bit later in his minor league career. Like he wasn't like this in Rome and stuff like that. Is that true? Like he wasn't hitting 100 back in the day.
0: So
2: one, he was a, like, so he, last year he was starting. And then, um, you know, this year he started out of the hand, but I don't want to say he wasn't good, but like he didn't hold his velocity like he did now. Like that was always the one thing that was, I was going to like wanted to see about him was like okay last year when he started he would be like 96 to 98 touching nine in the first inning and then would kind of creep down but this year he do not creep down at all he stays right at 98 99 100 the whole game it's unbelievable I, um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he got better late I just think like he got more comfortable with what he was doing and understood okay this works this doesn't and then just kind of put it all together and you know, last year the only thing that really didn't allow him to have success was when he walked guys, and he tightened that up. And this year he's not walking guys, oh. and he's throwing a hundred where he was. <laughs> he's that's going to get anybody out.
1: He's a walking pitching ninja video. That guy, dude, he is yeah. crazy. Um, I think you've cracked pitching, pitching ninja a couple times, right? I don't know if you like you look. You, you said you don't really look that much on social media, but have you thrown one pitch this year? And I think Laz now said this a couple weeks ago. Humble brag. Um, he said. He, when he sometimes in a game will throw a pitch and be like, yeah, that's going to look nasty on tape. Like that's going to, that's going to make pitching ninja. Do you sometimes have these moments when you're on the mound after you throw a pitch and you're like, that was
2: nasty. Um, I never thought that's going to be like, look good on video, <laughs> just because I'm not like a big stuff guy. Like, like I'm not a strikeout guy. Like I'd, I'd be just as happy somebody beats in the ground first pitch. Um, But everyone's like the ones that I do, actually look forward to seeing on like on a video after or backdoor sinkers and front door sinkers
1: those are the best those yeah. are the best and it just catches the hitter off he just tips his cap turns around and just walks in the dugout yeah it's just all time and another thing this is like a common man question like a fan question that i always have um what's it like being a pitcher and see and throwing a pitch that you know is a strike and seeing the hitter argue it as a ball like what's that like how do you react to that type of stuff? I know it might be a dumb question, but I always just kind of wonder that, like a pitch that you know was a strike, but the hitter's arguing was a ball. like how hard is that for you to not say something or just like what's your reaction on that?
2: I mean, I think it depends on the situation, but I mean, the large majority of the time, if not, all the time, it's just i don't I don't think a ton into it. I mean, I think that sometimes like it it blows on mind how good hitters' eyes are for the most part. I mean, obviously, at times they 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 they're wrong, but those guys those guys are good. And so like when they start arguing, it's just like well, I, I thought it was there and you didn't. Umpire did, so roll on.
1: Yeah, I can respect that. Who's uh who's one hitter this year that has your number? Like let's like let's let's go into that. Who's one hitter this year that you faced that you just seem to can't get out, or a guy that just had like sees the ball well against you or stuff along that line?
2: Um Probably that I that I faced like multiple times. Um, Juan Soto whacked me, um, but I only faced him twice or three times maybe in just one game. But over over the season, um, actually, I got him out the last couple of times I faced him. But Alec Burleson, he always hits me pretty good, or maybe not hits me good, but sees me well. Yeah. So, I-
1: I mean, you're looking at your... I'm looking at your numbers here. You carve some dudes up, bro. Like, the Padres, I think, are all hitting below... Like, the Padres are hitting as a team 188 against you. Like, that is insane. So, uh, Manny Machado, I got to go into that. So, Manny Machado, like, facing Manny Machado, he's obviously, like, a very big presence in the batter's box. What's it like going up against him?
2: Uh, So, I faced him early on in the year, and... um... Kind of like I was saying earlier, but when you were talking about this stuff on video, like I—I I mean, I threw—I think I threw him a sinker in, and he swung the first pitch, and I kind of jammed him and hit it, it did like a kind of a, a weak line drive to shortstop. Um, but he was kind of the first guy that I saw like make a true like in bat adjustment, like pitch to pitch. Like <laughs> he saw a pitch, and then the next pitch, like he was ready for it, and I threw him a. I want to say I think I'm not 100% sure what he did with the first one, but I threw him a change up. I think I had him 0-1 or 1-1. And I threw him a change up. But I want to say like fouled it off. But I threw him another one that was just below that one. And he just kind of like what wasn't like sitting on it. But he you could tell he saw that it was the same pitch. and he I got him out in front a little bit but he hit like a deep fly ball to the warning track. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, he made that adjustment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have you had a, have you given up a nuke this year where um you're just like, all right, I got to tip my cat. Like this ball was absolutely shot on. And who was it against?
2: Um, So probably one of them, there, there's probably two of them, but one of them was a pitch right down the middle. It was one Soto hit in my debut. And then, there was one in Texas against Corey Seager. There was a cutter up and in that was at the top corner, and he just whacked it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching it right now. Holy yeah. shit! The Juan yeah. Soto one is like, I don't even know if like you could say that. I mean, it was is It was launched on, but it's like it's fucking Juan Soto, and it's your debut, Damn. right? Like, I don't know. It's that one's weird, but the Corey Seager one, that one was
2: absolutely. He
1: and, and yeah. it's not one thing that you realize, like, or you kind of see right now playing in the big leagues is like these guys never miss mistakes. And if they do, they, it's rare. Like how, if you throw a pitch, you're like, Oh, this is a mistake. This might be launched into heaven.
2: Yeah. I, that's, that's something that at this level, obviously more than any other, you can tell like, like, all right, that as soon as it comes out of your hand, you're like, Oh, not going <laughs> to be good. And just hope it turns out to stay on the ground or stay low.
1: That is, it's crazy. I, I see it sometimes. Obviously, I'm a big Jays fan, so I see it sometimes. Like when a pitcher will throw a pitch to Vladdy, you could see it right out of the release to like, oh shit, like this is this is going to be launched. So it is wild. But I wanted to go back into your Texas days as well, because obviously, I'm Nolan's one of my best friends. So uh, there's tons of stories about him, I'm sure, and stuff like that. What was it like in college being teammates of Nolan King? Like, was he the alpha in the clubhouse? Like, was he the top dog, or where? What was he like as a teammate?
2: Um. So I was only with him my freshman year. Yeah, I didn't know him that well, Um, but he—he was a lot. Is how I put it. Like (laughs) I I liked him, um, but like he was always ready to go. (laughs) He was everywhere, and he had a lot of fun. But he was also—he was also a good guy too. So it was—it was fun to be around him. Sometimes he was a little much. (laughs) Not knowing him, you know. Now I know him. Now it's just—that's just how he is. Not just Nolan. And so, but at the time, I didn't know that. Um, but no, he was—he was fun to be around, and, and we had—we had some good times down there. Are you going to be at his wedding? Yes, I am. All right, I so
1: we're—we're we're, like we're going to meet there.
2: i yeah. you and
1: I will have a couple drinks at the wedding.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll you remember me- the first time we met, right? And not in person. Oh, the first I, time we ever—you know what?
1: This is a crazy story for the listeners that don't understand this. This is a fucking crazy story. Me and my buddy Brennan, Bryson Stott's brother, who who I'm think is also going to be at the wedding. We were playing Call of Duty, and we were playing with, like, randoms. And these two guys hop in, and I'm looking at that name, and I'm like, are you fucking Bryce Elder? And you're like, obviously, it was, like, kind of weird because you were up in the show at that time, or you were, like, coming to the show. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, this is fucking absurd. Who are we playing with? Who was It was you and another guy.
2: I think it was um, Bo Phillip. It was last year, um, I guess, middle of the year we were playing
1: yeah. And that I was I remember wild. Seeing
2: you, I remember seeing your name. And I was like, oh, I had something about Bryce to and I was like, oh, Nolan knows him. Yeah. And then you were talking. I it got brought up somehow. But yeah, that's, that's, yeah. How Cause
1: know. I was like, I, I just remember awkwardly saying, I was like, what are the chance, like one in a billion chance that that was going to happen? I was like, are you Bryce Elder, dude? <laughs> like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I played caught with you before in Nolan. And I was like, this is wild. And then I don't, yeah. it was just, I texted Nolan, he was, it was one of the most like crazy mindfuck things I've ever been a part of. I was like, I can't believe I'm in a party with you right now. Just random yeah. duos, it was cra- or quads, it was just insane. But w- another thing about Texas is you also played a little bit longer with another guy that's been on this show, Ty Madden. What was that dude like
2: being teammates with? So he's uh, he's uh, I guess he came in my sophomore year. Yeah, and we became close and we've been close ever since he's I'm his I'm his best man in his wedding this wow. year um so we talk all the time and he's a he's, he's a good dude and um so I guess he came in when I was a sophomore and was I remember like was just, he just used quiet and just kind of he's very his business and and then we um we got talking and everything and came close and that guy he he gets after it too like he um really is into what he's doing on the baseball field and he's going to have a, a lot of success in this game.
1: Oh, he's disgusting.
2: I just remember that year he had,
1: I think it was his sophomore year when he got drafted first round by the Tigers. He was just a freak of nature, this kid. Yeah. He's disgusting. What's one thing about him that impresses you? Like it, does his fastball just have a shit ton of life to it? Or is it just like, what, what's so good about him? that made like what makes him so good?
2: He just really wants to be good. Like, and I know that, might sound cliche and stuff like that, but he just is going to do what he needs to do to have success. And so if something doesn't work, he'll try something else. And he's going to do that until he figures out how to make it work. And so pinpointing one thing that makes him so good, I don't know that you can I just think that he really, really wants to be good and he's going to find a way to do it, and that's what's going to make him good.
1: Looking back on those Texas teams, who was the best – which Texas team for you was, like, the best one that you would have been a part of? Like, togetherness-wise, like, morale in the room-wise, and just, like, on-field performance-wise?
2: Um, So, my sample size is short because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Um, but, obviously, the one in 2018 when I was a freshman, we went to Omaha.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Um, but I will say that I didn't think that team – was as good as the one as that was, was going to be in 2020 because um, we had me Ty and Pete Hansen and quite a few guys that were were, were very good um, and, and turned out to be even better as we saw over the next couple of years but the 2018 team I think we just got really hot at the right time um, I think we we had some good players but we never put it together and then at the end we just kind of caught fire um, so It's hard to say the 2020 team over the 2018 team, but I think the 2020 team had a lot of potential going into the rest of that spring and then COVID happened. So we'll never know. But so I guess the 2018 team essentially just because we don't know what the 2020 team did, but that 2020 team was going to be really good.
1: And and in the 2018 team, we had this guy on the podcast as well, Cody Clemens. I mean, that season was one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. I mean, 24 home runs, 351 batting average, it seems like every game he launched in that season. What was it like, like just seeing that in the reception that like the Texas fans would give him every single time he'd play? Because he was a freak that year.
2: Yeah, he was. And uh, as a freshman, I didn't down the stretch, I didn't throw a ton. So I got to watch a lot. And like some of the stuff that, like, when you needed a home run to be hit, he would hit it. Like it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody like that hot. Like it was unbelievable. Nobody. Like, even if somebody got him out, it was still, like, deep fly ball to the warning track. Or, like, I remember one game in Corpus Christi on a Tuesday. He hit a, he hit a grand slam, I believe. But he hit three other balls. The wind was going straight in. He hit three other balls that the, the guys caught right on the warning track in front of us. He realistically, would no when. probably would have been 4-4 four for four with four homers. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And finally, <laughs> he got one out but he hit three balls that went to the warning track that I think should have been gone, but the wind was blowing in. He,
1: uh, he, his life is just absurd. Cause I remember we had him on the pod. He was like talking stories about going on like uh, vacations with Toby Keith and shit like that. <laughs> and one thing that pissed me off about that was uh, Nolan. So obviously Nolan, like he's my guy, not the brightest of all time, but he's a bright dude. I guess you could say that's just the, that's just the stick that I have with him. Not the brightest of all time. He, uh, so Cody, after the interview, I was like, "Man, that was fucking awesome!" Like Cody's a great dude. He's like, "Oh shit, I forgot to tell you. Like he's golfed with Tiger Woods." I was like, "Maybe you should have told me that before the fucking interview, so I could have brought it yeah. up." Like, did he did Cody ever tell you some of these stories of like just stuff that he's done or like guys that he's golfed with and stuff like that?
2: Um, no, not not really anybody like in particular. I knew that they golfed with Tiger, um, and I knew that Rogers good buddies with um, Toby Keith, so like I know that connection there um but he never like he would talk about getting to go do stuff with mcconaughey and stuff
1: that is just um,
2: but like he never <laughs> other than those because mcconaughey came and talked to us one time before the i think either the super regional or the i'm not sure but he came and talked to us at some point and i think that was kind of the connection was roger um so he talked about some of that stuff, but not didn't go into detail about a ton of it. But he did. He does. They do go on some sweet vacations.
1: <laughs> it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But mentioning Matthew McConaughey, what's the presence that that guy has at Texas? And like, and you said he gave you a speech before uh, the super regional. I think it was. It was a super regional. I think because I remember. Uh, I think Nolan or Cody said something like that. Um, what's the presence that Matthew McConaughey has at the University of Texas? Like, how electric is that? That guy being around.
2: I mean, I don't know ever how he got into that role, but like what he's in now is (laughs) like it's just like so like him. Like I don't know the guy other than meeting him that one time, so I wouldn't even consider I know him. But I don't know if he had his like acting persona on that day, but like how he is in certain movies is like exactly how that really he was that day. Like like it was like it was like a weird, like, okay, this is the same guy I see on movies, but at the same time, like he's like able to connect with like just random dudes sitting in this locker room like it was really cool like the stuff he said was very good and like you can tell he spent time thinking about it and or he's just really good at rolling off <laughs> rolling off his head but which that could be the case too but he was like down to earth and seemed like a really good guy it was it was a lot of fun
1: i got a question to you about just like basic basic aesthetics what orange is better and listen you can't be biased here take your bias away from it the university of texas orange or tech or uh tennessee I- i'm gonna say tennessee i'll be honest i was watching tennessee florida last week and i was like this is kind of sick what where do you stand on that like do you have do you see the tennessee orange and be like this is kind of sick or where where do you stand with that
2: so i think that One, if you leave the colors alone, I really don't like either one of them. I'm not (laughs) an orange fan. Like, I think the burn orange is just kind of like alone.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I'll probably say the first thing I think of, because we're talking about sports and everything, is the first thing I think of is jerseys. The Tennessee black jerseys with the orange. That's that. Now that's that's good looking. Um, But if I had to just pick one, I don't like that bright orange.
1: Yeah, I'm a bright orange guy. Like just the way the stadium is, like when the Tennessee Vols are buzz. I mean, they're a wagon right now. I think they're top fifteen in the nation or top ten. Yeah, they're really good right now. So it just it looks all it looks cool when you have the whole checkers and like the whole stadium with the white and then uh, bright orange and stuff like that. I think it just looks sick. So and going into football, what's going on here with Texas, man? I mean that Texas Tech loss. Like you wa you as an alumni watching that Texas Tech loss, did you kind of throw up in your mouth? Because that was a horrible beat like a
2: horrible beat. I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch a single snap. Yeah, I don't know it. what I was doing. We might have been when was that was that last Saturday?
1: It wasn't this the, the Saturday it was 2 weeks uh, two Saturdays ago technically.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, cuz we played West Virginia this weekend. Yeah. Um I didn't watch it. I think I was at the field and um I tried to watch them like I watched this week against OU but I tried to watch them but I didn't I didn't get to watch that one but I mean, I think every year Texas is like I think a good year for Texas is at this point as far as trying to get back to where we want to be. I think every year we should be no less than eight and four or nine and three. Yeah, like I- if if you're nine and three, it's like okay, you lost three football games and this kind of wasn't great, but it's a good year. Um, but I think like those those are the games that good teams win and we're we can't get quite past that point yet. So yeah. I'm not real into football. I don't I'm not I didn't play in high school, so I'm not a big like, oh, they need to do this and this. I'm just a fan watching that likes to root for them. Um, but those are the games that good teams win and and we're not winning them right now.
1: Do you see like a guy like Quinn Ewers and see how much money he is getting with University of Texas and be like man i wish i was there for that nli stuff because he is getting obviously it's different with baseball and football but that dude is getting a substantial amount of money to play
2: at texas yeah well see that's people always say that like don't you wish you had that and like i'll ask you what you think on it's like realistically baseball players at texas how much are they gonna get i mean i know like ivan melendez like i'm sure he made some money in trey faltean but like I don't know if they made really that much money. You know what I'm saying? Like, what have you heard on it? Because I've always wondered this. And since you asked me, it's like, what have you heard on it as far as, like, how I, much are I, baseball The
1: reason why like? I said that is, like, it. it's – the NLI deal is just strictly for basketball and football. Like, yeah. the, the baseball team, listen, like, maybe one guy on, on your team when you were there that would have got it would maybe have been Cody Clemens. But, cool. like – They already probably do stuff with Roger that want to sponsor Cody, like so. It's not really a big factor in it. I think the NLI deal was just strictly for basketball and football. Like, there's no other sport that brings in that amount of money. And I know, um, I know the Texas gets a lot of fans and stuff like that for baseball, but it's not even bringing anywhere near the amount of money the football team is bringing. But
2: no, not a chance. I mean, Bijan Robinson, granted, he is the best running back in the country. Guys, got a Lamborghini deal? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I just. And going into that, so
1: is that something that you would see around campus Is like, a Lambo with, Bij- like, Bijal Robinson ripping around in it? Like, how does that work? Like, is
2: that something he's... I, I don't know. I have no idea how it's worked. Like, I don't even know the extent of what, like, his deal is and everything. Um, but I just know that he had the Lamborghini deal, and he also made his own mustard. So that was pretty good.
1: That's crazy. He is... He's getting so much money, but you know who's going to get more money is Arch Manning when he goes to Texas. That is – holy shit. But going into the football guys and stuff like that, when you were there, obviously, I mean, the baseball team was, I think, in 2018 the best team on campus besides, I think, maybe basketball or volleyball and stuff like that. What's the attitude like around – camp? like, do you guys get noticed a lot? Like, was guys like Nolan or – cody or big or top dogs on that team getting noticed around campus when the baseball team's doing well because i think nolan showed me pictures sometimes of like a uh the light post would have like pictures of the baseball team guys on it or stuff like that
2: yeah um i think a little bit kind of like the same thing we were just talking about is like the big like basketball and football which i hate to say rightfully so but rightfully so you know th- those are the guys who get recognized all the time and they they can't you when the football guys and the basketball guys that you just, you just know that's that, that you see them on TV and stuff and the Bateman for us, we don't, I mean, we're on TV with Longhorn Network, but I don't want to say that like Cody and them weren't recognized, but they weren't recognized at the rate that the football guys are, which obviously makes yeah. sense, you know, but when, when we were hot and I think some of it that hurts it is like when we were getting hot and like we were making a run at it and making a name for, Cody was making a name and Nolan and everybody like that school had already been let out, you know, cause it's oh, in the yeah. summer. So yeah. like you, you never see on campus stuff, like you, they're, they're everybody's gone for the summer. So we weren't going to any parties or anything like that. So yeah. it was kind of hard to see. Yeah,
1: that's true. It sucks, I guess. Yeah. Especially with the college world series run, you guys like, the school's already over. So it's yeah. not really like a campus feel and stuff like that, but yeah. l- let's go back into the Braves and stuff like that. Cause I want to go into a couple guys that you play with. What's it like playing alongside Ronald Acuna Jr.? Like, when a ball is hit to right field, are you like, all right, this is caught no matter what?
3: So,
2: the first thing I saw that Ronald did that was just unbelievable was I was in Texas, and he had been hurt when I first got up. And so, I didn't, I didn't see him play. So, he, he came back from his knee injury, and he was hitting BP in Arlington, and he was just, like, flicking baseballs out to right field, like, <laughs> over the bullpen. And I was just like, wow, like I had never seen somebody like, you know, anybody at this level can can hit a ball hard pull side. But when he was hitting balls out to right center and it looked like a lefty pulling them, I was like this. (laughs) And the throws he makes when he catches it and spins and throws it and puts it about four feet above the ground and it just stays there all the way to second. It's, it's crazy.
1: He's worth... He's as advertised, that guy. He yeah. is as advertised. Ass in seats. He's a freak. I, I, I think Soroka on this podcast told a story about him where he went almost like a two-month stretch just hitting five fifty in the minors. (laughs) He just just was just body-bagging these minor league kids. Like, he is just a guy that right when he came – like, right out of birth, you just knew this dude was going to be a a superstar in baseball, and the Braves got him for a long period of time. But another guy the Braves got a long period of time is Michael Harris. What's it like playing with him, too?
2: So, I played – I know more about Mike. I played with him last year in Rome, and um, he was, like, the first guy – you know, I got in the minor leagues last year. I started in Rome High, and he was the first guy that I saw play that I was like, I don't know what a big leaguer looks like, but he's really – like, <laughs> it was – it was no question, like, if the ball was hit in the air in the outfield, and just like it is today, it's an out. Like, he'll run <laughs> all the way to right field if he's got to catch it. And some of the catches that he makes up against the wall – that I saw last year and this year too, is just, he never, he knows exactly where he's at and he never gets turned around. Even if he's up against the wall, like the other night in Miami, I gave up a home run and he almost robbed it. Like it, he's going to rob one, one of these days. That's going to be unbelievable because he always knows where he's at and knows right where the wall's at. It's how he does it. I don't know, but it's really impressive.
1: It's just it, – it, yeah, you're right. Like, one of these days he's going to have that catch that Mike Trout had at Camden Yards. I don't know if you remember that one where he just scales yes. the wall and he's just like a million feet over the ground. It's just – yes, it's crazy. I mean, you guys have tons of guys that just were playing in low or high A last year that are just in the show, car, like, raking now. Like, Vaughn Grissom, where the hell did this dude
2: come from? Like, this this dude's a freak. Yeah, I, I'm, I had – so I played with uh, – I played golf with Vaughn one time here in Instructs. And that was kind of my first – I guess that was during COVID. That might have been his first year. He told me the other day it was his first time ever playing golf, too. I didn't know that. But he. Um, I met him then, and I never played with him. And I remember when they called him up, and I was like, dang, like, I thought he was a good player. but And then before I could even finish the sentence, he's just hitting homers <laughs> everywhere. At <laughs> <Our> Fenway. <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely whacking baseballs.
1: Dude, you guys are going to be good for so, so long. I mean, you have him. You have Michael Harris locked up for a long period of time. Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna. You got Soroka. You got Strider. Dansby. Austin Riley now is locked up as well. It's just, you guys are going to be a problem. It's just, it's incredible. And how awesome is it to see like that Mets fan or Mets collapse with just how cocky those fans were getting on social media. I mean, I, I know you're not locked in on social media, but what was the locker room like? Was it, especially during these last 3 weeks where you guys were like starting to like really get close to them in that division race what was it like in the locker room was it just like we got to win every single game here going I, we want this AL or NL East
2: I think um it was kind of interesting it was like i noticed it very like early on that we started kind of getting closer to the Mets and everybody knew the Mets series was coming up Is like and it's it's boring so but like Nobody like changed whatsoever. it like. Everybody understood what was what needed to be done, and there was when we would lose, there was no panic. When we would win, we just rolled on. Like everybody understood. Here's what we're gonna have to do. So let's go do it. Like there was never any. You know, I, th- I think we lost uh, against Washington, the last game of the series, and like there was no. I mean, yeah, everybody knew like. Thing we could have that would have been nice to win to state the division you know i think all square going into the met series but we were we went into a one down and there was no panic or thought about dang like that that ain't good you know everybody just, just kept about their business the same exact way and that's what i was talking about dan's beat. everybody just shows up in the field the same exact way every single day no matter what game it is whatever and goes out and gets ready to play it's 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 impressive and that's why i think these guys are so good and We're going to continue to be good.
3: So
1: you're in a weird spot here right now. All right. So you have grown a beard. And usually, I don't know if this is like a baseball thing or a hockey. I know it's a hockey thing here. Um, Usually you go clean shaven before the playoffs and let it grow uh, for the entirety of the playoffs, as long as you guys are alive. Where are you at with that? Are you going full clean shave now? Or where
2: do you stand with that? No, I'm leaving it. Leaving leaving it. it. full go until after the season. I started growing in June. I absolutely hate it. My hair is way too long. <laughs> not a fan of it, but I've been on a pretty good run. You've been pitching so well with it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it up, the, and we all been winning. So, I'm, I'm gonna roll with it and uh, see where it takes us. But I'm really not a fan of the beard
1: at all. I, it is the most uncomfortable thing of all time. Like, I don't really have. Yeah. I can't really say I have a beard. Like me, I, it's, it's itchy. It's disgusting. It feels gross having one. I fucking hate it. I just like the str- like the scruff. That's like the best. That's, yeah. that's the best way to go at it. But it's uh, it is something. But going into the playoffs and all that type of stuff. Now, like, are you slotted to be like the four guy, or like, have they told you that, or like, where are you at with that
2: bullpen? I haven't heard anything really. So I yeah, I don't. As far as the future goes, I don't know what that holds the next couple of weeks. But I had not heard anything uh, yet. So. I don't know what the future is on that. I can't comment on it. Do you
1: see like a, uh, you being like, like, are you comfortable being a bullpen guy? Like if if that presents itself, like, are you comfortable like coming out of the pen?
2: If, if I, if, if I'm going to be out of the pen to, to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I think as a, could be a, be a longer guy. Obviously the, the, after the six inning guys that we have are just insane, absolutely nails. And so even to be a longer guy, like I yeah, absolutely. This point in the year, I don't, it's just playoffs. Just get me there just get
1: get me me there there. and and one thing that it's so amazing to me with the big league and stuff like that is how you guys are just like us like just common men how electric is it after a sweep on that team charter like how like what are the vibes like on the braves after you guys just sweep a guy like sweep a series in the regular season are you guys having a couple beers maybe playing some card games in the back like what's the vibes like on that on that charter
2: yeah i mean i think everybody kind of enjoys it for the moment being um has a good time, play some cards, hangs out. Um, I don't, I'm not in on the card games maybe one day, but I, uh I just kind of hang out and everybody has a good time, but yeah, they're a lot of fun.
1: Well, you're on a rookie deal. You can't, I mean, they're probably throwing like 50 K back there on cards games. You don't want to be losing four or five game paychecks on a fucking card game in the back of the plane.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, if if they are, and then I, then I'm out, I'm going to be out on them for a long while. <laughs> it is. It,
1: I, I do agree with that. That is absurd, but one like what's the biggest, and Strider said that the biggest difference he noticed from the big leagues to the minors is the laundry, which is a crazy thing, like just having your laundry always ready for you. What's the biggest difference off the field from like the minor leagues to the major major leagues?
2: Um, the biggest difference by far to me is the the water pressure and the showers.
1: <laughs> Why yeah. is that?
2: It just it's I don't it's know. elite, it's pristine. It's it's like it's like going to a country club. You ever taken a shower at a country club? Like no, golf unfortunately, I haven't. It's like we that. You need to. They're. It's the best. That if you go to a nice country club and take a shower in the in the locker room, they're unreal. I like. I don't. Growing up, I I didn't like. I still. I'm not a member at any country club or anything. But like when I go to play with my buddies, they're the best showers. Like in Tennessee, there's one at the Honors. Unbelievable shower. There's one in Fort Worth at uh, I want to say Richley. Unbelievable showers. Well, I can I can respect that. That's water see, that's pressure is elite. And minor leagues, sometimes it's like you, you got to be in there and trying to get your hair wet. And <laughs> water pressure is so good.
1: That's all time. That's a great clip right there. That's electric. I it is it is insane. Like in major leagues, it's just every single thing is done pristine. They fold your lawn like. They fold your shit like it just came out of the fucking um, retail store. They get you whatever you want. Like you tell the club, you're like, listen, I want Skull Mint. It's going to be there in five minutes. It, it's crazy. It, it's just absolutely absurd, like what you guys have. It's just, it, it's sick. And what was, what's the best uh, visiting clubhouse meal you've had so far? Like that the teams provide?
2: Um, as far as visiting. So there was one in, I guess for me, it wasn't the best, but that everybody talked about was in San Diego. There's sushi and everything, but I'm not a sushi guy. Everybody was ranting and raving about this, this sushi You're not a sushi spirit. guy? Was, I'm not. I'm not. Damn. I just can't get into it. No I, one doesn't like, like that, but you don't like that. I'll tell you that. I know. No one... and I don't worry. I live with him, and he's always like, you need to get sushi? And he's like, <laughs> oh, I forget you don't like it. I don't like it. I can't get into it. It's one of those things I've always wanted to. Yeah, and I'll try it's like it an again and I'm just taste. like just doesn't do it for me. So
1: what clubhouse you said had that sushi?
2: San Diego. Yeah. Oh. Um yeah, it was good. I had the the Philly cheesesteaks in Philly. They were good. Um but the home club, which I don't know if how how different each home club to way how clubhouse is as far as food goes, but our clubhouse. The food is. You gotta send me a picture you next really time. I'll,
1: I'll post it. I I need to see what the spread is like. Like just update. Uh, especially in postseason. I'm sure you guys are gonna be eating good. Like uh, maybe like yeah. some steak shit. You guys are gonna be buzzing with the food and stuff like that. So that's gonna be all yeah. time. I'm excited to see that. I'm Excited for you to send me that. It's just uh, it playoff baseball, man. I can't believe it. Like um, have you got a chance? Because obviously, this, like this year has flown by. But have you got a chance to kind of step back and be like, dude, I'm a big leaguer. Like I, I'm, I'm in the show right now. Like this little kid from Texas is in the show right now.
2: Uh, yes and no, and I think that like, whatever time like, when I do do that is when like, things start to go south. It yeah. never fails. So like, I try not to like do that because obviously like, maybe after the year, kind of look back and be like, yeah, that was pretty cool. But like, anytime that. Emotion stuff starts to creep into my head and never goes good. So I trying to keep my head down and don't ever like think about it and just try to go get dudes out and and go about my business because every time you start start zooming out and I'm like, oh yeah yeah it's nothing, yeah nothing, I can it respect never turns that out very good.
1: But sometimes it is true. Like we've had a couple guys like Edwin Jackson who had a long time career on this podcast. He said one thing that he I think I think he said this one thing that he wishes he did more was take a step back and just stay in the moment, like look around the stadium and be like, dude, this is kind of sick like that i'm here yep. that's one piece of advice that he had can like, maybe you could take that or i don't know what it is but if it's like something that you already do but he did say he wishes he embraced the moment more
2: um, yeah well I've, I've always thought about this though it's like think about every guy that you've ever heard say that they're they've played for a long time they're successful and they're always like i, I wish that i could have enjoyed it more and but like at the same time like i feel like that's the reason that they wish they would have done that is the re- same reason they had so much success. True. They never, they, they stayed locked in. They were always ready to go. Like they were never like out just like, Oh, this, you know what I'm saying? I've always thought about that.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good point to make. So second last thing that I want to, uh, I want to go into and stuff like that is obviously the wild card series are going to be this weekend. What, what are the plans for you guys? Like, what are you guys, are you guys going to be like practicing at, that? the, At Truist Park and stuff like that, and just watching the games. Or like, what's like, are you throwing right now? or like, do you have like a live bullpen coming up or what?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm throwing. I like I said, I hadn't heard the exact plans. I know we got, we got some practices this weekend, and then as far as kind of the plan goes, I think we just kind of wait and see who we got to play and stuff like that. And then I think it starts Tuesday, so a couple practices this weekend, and then you're ready to go.
1: Where what's your golf game like? Where what kind of what handicap are you?
2: So, I was playing the best golf I've ever played this whole year. And I got, I got, had a rough one the other day for the first time. Um, I, 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 was, I was true scratch. And I went to Philly the other day and played at Commonwealth National. And the wind was blowing about 30 miles an hour the whole time. Yeah. And I got absolutely beat up. I shot 85. And it was a long day. It was one of those days where you just like, man, I just should have stayed at the hotel. Like,
1: well, that's the thing. Like, good
2: eighty-five out. is
1: something that I would murder to have. Like, and, and Commonwealth is, by the way, it's a tough track. Like, you're not it playing. Hard. You're not playing like a Muni. Like, just some trash course. Like, you're playing Commonwealth National Golf Club, right? So, was that like, what's the nicest golf course you played so far on the road?
2: So, even in AAA, yeah, we played some incredible golf. We played – we went to Pinehurst earlier this year. Um, We played Applebrook in Philly. Um, We played TPC Sawgrass. We played – the sickest place we went to is probably um, Troubadour in Nashville. Probably Probably the coolest place I've ever been. Like, maybe not the nicest, most pristine course, but the got like the whole experience was the best the funnest time i've ever had i think on a golf course so we went there two different times and it was awesome
1: yeah no the Troubadour. i think i, I don't know if you're a big foreplay podcast guy but i've i think yeah. they've played there before right i think that's yeah. where they played yeah. against like hardy and uh those type of guys and shit like yeah. that but that's a track that is a yes. track it's yeah. and, uh, that is absurd that like you played there and stuff like that and i know um the A for the Mariners, they play at uh, Pebble Beach all the time, or I don't know Tacoma. Oh. What's a course in Tacoma? I forgot the name of it, but there's I'm a, not sure. yeah, there's a massive PGA course in Tacoma that they play all the every single time. That's sick. So it is cool. You guys get out there. Who's the best guy right now on the Braves to play with?
2: As far as like how scratch. good they are, like just... scratch, yeah. Um, well, I would say me, but O'Day beat me the other day, and when my when, when I had my meltdown in the wind, he shot eighty four and. I shot eighty five, but I would say that I think I'm near the top, if not at the top. Um, but I hadn't played with everybody. I, I think Kyle Wright. I played with Kyle Wright last year. He can hit it around pretty good. Um, I think Jackson Stevens is good too. He's. Okay. I think I've heard. I've heard he's. I've heard he can hit it around pretty good. Um, so you, but.
1: So you got some fucking sticks on that team. That's sick. Yeah. I love the fact that you guys get to be able to golf and stuff like that because the position players probably don't could be aren't able to yeah. get out there and stuff like that. Yeah. So that is sick. But uh, last thing, man, going into, I just want to know where you're at here. Like, are you going to start becoming, like, especially as the games come more, I, I know you're more of a mellow guy on the mound. Are you going to start being, if you get that chance in the postseason big strikeout, are you going to start being like a massive fist pump, fire the boys up type of guy now? Like, where are you going to be with that? Or are you just going to stay mellow?
2: Um, I'll probably stay mellow, but at the same time, if like it, like there was a couple of times in Texas where like, I would throw in a fist bump and I'd be like, dang, I didn't, I wasn't really expecting that out of myself. But so I would probably say, I'll probably just stay super mellow. But, you know, if Truce is rocking and, and big strikeout situation, then then you never know, but <laughs> probably nothing crazy. What's your uh,
1: walk up song or like walk up um, song when you're warming up?
2: Time of Day by Turnpike Troubadours.
1: I don't even know who that is. All I'm right. Like,
2: I- kind of like that. I'm, I'm just, I'm not a big raw raw guy. Like before the game, when I'm even, or like even when I'm lifting, I just like listen to country music. The music, the whole get hyped up thing, just doesn't do it for me. So I just you're a mellow
1: dude. So maybe you throw in a Zen pouch, maybe relax, kind of just watch the shit going on. But I do love that man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, I'm excited for this playoffs. Obviously, Jay's got a big one this weekend, so I'm fired up for that. Um, but I am juiced up for you, man. It's gonna be sick, especially the opportunities that you're going to be able to get with how good of a brave team, there's going to be tons of stuff that happens. Obviously pitchers going out, pitchers going in. So I'm excited to see you get your opportunity, man, and uh, keep doing it. I'll see you in December. I'll see you in December on Nolan's wedding. Yep. December night. That is the day. <laughs> there it is, brother. All right. Yeah. Thank you for listening to officially unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at a fish on a fish pod. And on Instagram at officially unofficial pod. Thank you.